Hallelujah! I think we got a lot of those in there today. This was a feast of feasts. I love singing that. Right before the Gospel text. Alleluia! With the angels proclaiming God is King. And we fall down and worship Him. Today is a special Sunday for it coincides both the resurrection as well as the celebration of the falling asleep of the mother of God, the celebration of a death. Interesting. You know, I'm so grateful that we see the church not only as Christ as head, but as the family of God. That all around us are, are the saints. And uh, those that are with us today now, present, uh, all of you, all those that we know, and then all that have gone before us, as Father John said, you know, baseball has its Hall of Fame. We have our Hall of Fame. And we have the most valuable player. There she is. Number one. First saint, first Christian. You know, in Psalm 116, it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, I am so grateful for her presence in this community. Her presence in my life, her presence in your life. You know, I remember when we first became Orthodox, and Father Richard, we were working on this idea of icons. And the church was turned this way. We were in this building then too, so you know how long we've been here. 1980 or something, I don't know what it was. But we were turned this way, and the altar was right over there next to the good deacon. And uh, we put two little icons. They're about this big up. One of the Lord and one of the Mother of God. That's when she came here. She came to us on that day. And she's from then been blessing us, praying for us, helping us, nurturing us, consoling us. And interesting enough, because if they were small icons, you know, we were told not to react to them. Don't think about it, don't sit there, be negative about it, just let them be there. Well, after about two months, we... The, the, uh, it came back to all of us, they were too small. We couldn't see them. So we, so we painted two more. One of them is actually in the back. If you want to look at the one that was painted, it's in the very back above the, uh, above the baptismal font when you go out. It's one of them. One of the Lord and one of the Mother of God. And then we said there weren't enough of them. So you see how this grows. The family of God is the family of God, and we today rejoice in her presence in the community. The whole world today, the whole Orthodox world, is rejoicing today. You know, it was very interesting to me, the, the, the power of this feast. Father David Ogan was traveling, I think, in Romania years ago, and they were in competition with a Protestant ministry that was doing a big, uh, a, a big gathering on August 15th. 
oops. They didn't know. Because everybody in the town went to the Feast of the Dormition. And they said, they said, well, how many people were at your gathering? He said, well, we had about 20. So how many people at your gathering? He's like, I got 10,000. <laughs> the whole town comes out. This is a, a great Orthodox feast because it, it, it commemorates God's love for his family and especially his love for his mother. So today we honor her. We, as, as, the, as the scriptures teach us, we are to call her blessed, and today we call her especially blessed. We see in her life, in her birth, at her birth we, we say it's the beginning of our salvation, for God must take on flesh to save us. He cannot save us unless he has human flesh, because he has to redeem and save that flesh. So he takes on that humanity through the Holy Virgin. And so when we even see her at her birth, we say this is the beginning of our salvation. For at this point in time, Joachim and Anna, her beloved parents, uh, who were not able to conceive in, in, in the normal time of life, conceived miraculously at the end of their life, they were a grandpa and a grandma. And they had Mary saying that they would give her to God. And after, at three years old, they dedicated her to Christ. They dedicated her to God by taking her to the temple. And miraculously, she walks up to the temple. Let's be like here. She comes in and she's taken by Zacharias, the, 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 uh, the father of John the Baptist. And guess what he does? He walks her right to the altar, which only the priest can go once a year. And she spends time at the altar, showing to us that she is going to become the altar. She's going to become the altar. So she's going to spend time at the altar because she's going to become the altar, which will contain God. And so we see Gabriel coming to her at about 15 years old, 15, prepared, thir 3 to 15, Gabriel comes. And Gabriel's questions to her. There he is over there. There was a moment in time when he came to her and said, What, what do I call you? Do I call you heaven? because you're going to bear the Son of Righteousness? Do I call you paradise, because in you is the tree of life? What do I call you? Gabriel is questioning, how can this be? How can the uncontainable God be contained in the womb of a virgin? Why would he do this? Because he loves you. And he loves her. And so through this effort, the curse is reversed. Adam and Eve's condemnation is healed. Through mankind, the curse came in. And through mankind, the curse will go out. 
So today we honor this special lady who gave, in unity with God, gave God his humanity. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Through her, beloved, today we see humanity made divine. The icons are very beautiful. When we look at the icon of the Lord and see the colors, the color of the, the red or the royal color underneath is the color of divinity. And the color of, of, uh, of the blue is the color of humanity. So what, we look at Christ and what do we see? Divine made human. Then we look at the mother of God and we see human made divine. So the colors help us in this. So we today are rejoicing in this. She today shows herself to be the perfect Christian. Number one, perfection. She's the first. She's pure in life. She's pure in consolation. She consoles you. She wants to help you. She's pure in prayer. Today we celebrate her death. Celebrate death. <laughs> because today we see it as a life-giving death. She had to inherit death in her body because she was born just like you and I were born. She needed to die like Christ had to die in his humanity. But Christ takes her to heaven and leads her into immortal life, so she lives in her body in immortality. Not like us will need to wait for that. She, her body was taken to heaven and lives in immortality. So the, the feast today is very interesting because the mother of God in her life after her son was crucified would visit different places and, be, and console different people. People would come to her for advice. You know, she's, she's a little bit like, I'm glad she's not here, she's a little bit like our mother Victoria. You run to her, ask her questions. And she, the apostles would visit her uh, every time they passed back through Jerusalem. St. John, obviously, was with her constantly, taking care of her. And so at her death, she requested of the Lord that all the apostles would be with her when she died right before she died, so she could say goodbye to them. And so, miraculously, three days before her death, all the apostles are gathered. It says they came on clouds. <laughs> it's a bit amazing. You know, they were in Corinth. They were in uh, Ephesus. You know, they may have been in, in northern Africa. And they got the call from God. You need to go visit the mother of God. She is departing this life. And they all miraculously came around her and asked her blessing and prayed for her at her departing. All except one. Guess who? Guess who was late again? Thomas. 
good old Thomas. And he came heartbroken because she had already passed. And so he goes to her coffin, opens the coffin, and she's gone. Taken up to heaven by the Lord. You know, I remember I was asking, you know, Bishop Basil said one time, we asked him, he says, well, you know, do we, is this really true? Do we really believe? He says, well, let me ask you this. If you were the Lord and your mother was in the grave, what would you do? You would not let her flesh rest in the dirt. It's obvious what he would do. He would take her and sit her at his right hand. He loved her. So we see today this great gathering of all that are around her. And in the icon, it's very beautiful because not only are the saints around her, but the Lord is there holding her spirit. When you look at the icon today, you'll see it's her spirit that the Lord is holding. Soon to bring her body into heaven. So there are many great people, beloved, but she alone is the first to receive the fullness of God. She is alone the one we call the tabernacle. She's alone the one we call the altar. She's the one alone we can call the chalice that holds the blood of God, the very blood she gave him. She's alone the one we call the paten or the disc on which rests the body of Christ. She today is seen for us to be the border between heaven and earth. You know, we need a bridge. We need a way to get across. She's the way across. Open us the door of thy compassion, O blessed Theotokos. So open the door of thy compassion. We walk across her humanity to get to heaven. What a blessed thing. What a blessing she is to us. So she should then be taken up, who bore in her womb God. She should be taken up, who radiates life. She should be taken up who touched heaven. And today she makes the visible, the, the invisible visible. That which nobody could see or touch, she made visible. The Lord himself. So rationally we conclude, of course, the Lord would take her up to heaven and we today call her blessed. We today call her uh, holy. This day and every day we do this. She in her eyes today is made beautiful. A world of everything good is seen in her. Both visible and invisible. St. Gregory Palamas says she's the synthesis of the divine, the angelic, and the human and human loveliness. She's the synthesis of the loveliness of the divine, the angelic, and the humanity. She originated in earth but reaches up into the heavens. Today, beloved, she tastes death. But not for long. Because she was made lower than the angels, just like us. But when she was taken to heaven, we proclaim her to be more honorable than the cherubim, more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim, who without defilement gave birth to God the word, True Theotokos, we magnify thee. Today, beloved, she becomes your mother. 
your mother, your spiritual mother. She pours out her grace upon us for all those who call her blessed. Through your unsleeping intercession, O Holy Mother of God, reconcile us to your Son. That's our prayer. For you are closer to the Son than even the angels. She sits at the right hand of God, of the Son, and the angels sit around about him. So closer to, to the Son of God is she than even the angels. I want to read and conclude with this prayer of St. Gregory Palamas. And may this day be a blessed feast for us all, and may she hear this prayer. O Lady, generously share your mercy and your graces with all your people your inheritance, your children. Rescue us from the terrors that encompass us. See how many dangers of all kinds afflict us, from all your own people and from strangers, from within and from without. Through your power, turn everything for the best. Bring mutual calm between fellow citizens at home. Drive away those who attack like wild beasts from outside. Bestow your aid and healing on us to counteract our passions and give our souls and bodies abundant grace sufficient for every need. And if we are unable to contain it, increase our capacity. Give us more that saved and strengthened by your grace we may glorify the pre-eternal word, the Son of God, who took flesh from you for our sake together with his Father, who is without beginning, and his all-holy good and life-giving Spirit, now endeavor and unto ages of ages. Amen. Blessed feast. Amen.